0: Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's episode, I'll be getting to know Grant Baldwin, who is a sought after speaker, a podcaster, an author and accomplished entrepreneur. He's also the founder and CEO of The Speaker Lab. So Grant, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Tom, thanks for uh, letting me hang out with you, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And just out of interest, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I am in uh, at home in Nashville, Tennessee, here in the States. Amazing. Never been, but absolutely on my bucket list for one day in the future. Nice. Come visit anytime, man. Thank you so much. you want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So Grant has also been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, and the Huffington Post, and he's helped thousands of people build successful and sustainable speaking businesses. So Grant, all of this sounds incredible and very relevant for our audience. The first question I wanted to ask you today is, is, is how did the Speaker Lab first come about?
1: Yeah, so if we go way back in time, I was actually a full-time speaker for about eight, nine years or so. And actually, before that, uh, I was a youth pastor here in the in the states and was working with students. And it gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. Speaking mm-hmm. was something that I felt like I was decent at. I wanted to do more of. Yeah. And at the time, there wasn't really any resources on you know there was no books or podcasts or courses or training or anything about how do you actually find and book gigs. And so I found myself just emailing other speakers, just harassing them, stalking them, just trying to pepper them with questions and just figure out yeah yeah, but how do you actually book gigs and yeah. who do you speak to and how much do you charge and so learned a few things and started of booking a, a, a gigs here and there and eventually got to a point where I was doing about 60 or 70 gigs a year wow. and had a, a lot of people who are asking me like hey I want to do that I want to be a speaker how how do I how do I do that and so we started doing a little bit of teaching coaching training along the way and that's really evolved into what we do today with the speaker lab so we're a training company and coaching company teaching people how to find and book paid speaking engagements I love it.
0: And a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are coaches, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. And why do you think public speaking is so important for these people in terms of, you know, raising their profile or growing their businesses?
1: Yeah, I think it can be used. Speaking can be used in a lot of different ways. I think sometimes there's a misconception that in order to be a speaker, you have to be doing this full time and you've right. got to be doing 50, 60, 70, 100 gigs a year. And I know speakers who, who, some speakers who do that and do really, really well. And other speakers who, you know, they do five gigs or 10 gigs a year right. and that's fine. So it's not necessarily that one's better or worse than the other. You just got to kind of decide how does speaking fit into what it is that you want to be doing. And so speaking can work uh, a lot of different ways depending on what you're trying to accomplish. So one would be like you mentioned, kind of uh, from like a credibility standpoint, you know, Anytime you've been at a conference or an event and you see someone up on stage, there's a certain level of of credibility that we ascribe to that person because they're up on stage and we're in yeah. the audience, right? So there's a certain amount of, of uh, prestige or recognition that goes along with being a public speaker. Uh, it's also really good from like a lead generation standpoint. So if you're a coach or a consultant, if you're a solopreneur, oftentimes speaking can be used as a way to, to generate leads, to build rapport, connection with the audience, who may then want to work with you on the back end in terms of, okay. of some type of product or service that you may offer. So, so for example, there's a, a client that we had worked with and they were doing uh, several speaking gigs a year and they would do all these gigs for free, but they would do that as lead generation for their coaching business. And so they generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in their coaching business by speaking at the right type of gigs with their ideal customers that were in the audience. So, again, even if you don't want to be a full time speaker, or you don't want to do keynotes or anything like that. That's totally fine. Speaking can still work as a really
0: good uh, business tool. I think what you said at the end then was really important speaking in front of the right audiences with the right message um, you know, with the right offers or, or whatever that is that that's really important because ultimately, um, you know, you, you could end up speaking to a room full of people that just don't really connect or resonate with your message.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, one of the things that, that's really important is for speakers to get really, really clear on who they speak to and what problem that they solve. Now, the challenge for a lot of speakers is that we just enjoy speaking. Speaking is fun. It's one of those things we look forward to. And so we're just looking for any opportunity or at bat. And so what that leads to is, you know, who do you speak to? Well, I, I I, don't know. I speak to people. I speak to humans. Mm-hmm. So I, my mm-hmm. message is for everybody, but really it's for nobody. And when you think about the question of who do you speak to or, or rather what problem do you solve? It's like, well, what do you want me to solve? What problem can I speak about? What yeah. I'll speak about anything, you know? because we're just again, we're looking for opportunities and at bats, but that doesn't work. Trying to speak on all things to all people is never a winning proposition versus saying, no, no, I solve one specific problem for one specific audience. And it's counterintuitive. But the more narrow, the more focused you are, the easier it is to actually
0: find and book gigs. That's a really important message for people to hear. um, Because, you know, there's there's a lot of speakers out there. And and if you're a generalist, or you just offer business coaching, for example, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of competition. Whereas if you've got a lane and it's very niched, you know, it's a lot easier for you to get booked as well. Yeah, very true. And um, so for people out there listening who haven't ever been booked as a speaker, but they yeah. want to be, what, what are some of the first steps that you take to going from not being a speaker or or not having been booked as a speaker to actually getting booked? Yeah. And
1: so a, a couple of things I would say to that. Um, one is that to remember that everybody starts from zero like any speaker you look up to you admire you respect i think it's easy to to kind of get distracted by like oh look at that speaker that they are so good i can never be that good but realize like there was a point where they had none gigs and then they did their first gig and so everybody starts from from scratch everybody starts from zero it's kind of like you know the first time you record a podcast you know the from podcast one to episode now it's like they're night and day because the more you do it the better you get so be cautious in saying like ah, i'm never going to be as good as they are therefore i'm never even going to get started. That's not the reality. So make sure that you you just kind of recognize and keep that in perspective. Now, one of the things we do inside the speaker lab is we teach our students the speaker success roadmap, which is a five-step framework that just walks people through how do you actually find and book gigs. And so it makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K. And so that first step is is what we've already touched on a little bit, that S, selecting a problem to solve. So Mm -hmm. again, you have to get really clear on who do you speak to, what problem you solve. Now, once, you, once you're once you clear on that, everything else becomes a lot simpler, but yeah. it's easy for speakers to want to skip over that and just think, I don't know, man, I just want to speak to anybody and everybody. Like Again, that doesn't work. The next part of the process P is to prepare your talk. And so to be really, really clear on what's the solution that you're providing to the problem that you're going to solve. now it's also important to note that that, that solution can come in a lot of different packaging, meaning that it could come in the form of doing a keynote. It could also come in the form of doing a, a breakout or a workshop or Mm -hmm. some type of ongoing training. It could be virtual. It could be in person. It could lead to some coaching or consulting that you could be doing. So don't feel like, well, you know, I don't really enjoy doing, you know, I I don't want to be up in front of big crowds or anything. I'd rather work with a small group. Great. That's fine. So again, it's not that one's better or worse than the other. You just decide what's the best way to package that solution that you're offering. Next part of the process is E is to establish yourself as the expert. So two key marketing tools that you need. You need a website and a demo video. If you don't Mm -hmm. have a website, you don't exist. People aren't going to take you seriously. And a demo video is basically, think of it like a movie trailer, right? You you take like a two-hour movie. You boil it down to two or three minutes. Within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it. What's the plot? What's the theme? uh, What's the, the genre that the movie's in? And the goal of the demo video and the goal of the movie trailer is to make people want to see more. Yeah. So that's a, a, the website and demo video. Next part A is to acquire paid speaking gigs. Now, this is where like we have to do something proactive. The, the mm-hmm. mistake a lot of speakers make is we, we say, okay, I have my website. I have my video. I'm clear on my presentation, my talk. I know who I speak to. I know what problem I solve. And now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And it just doesn't work like that. Like speaking is very much a momentum business. And so you've got to get the ball in motion and get the ball moving. And so having a proactive plan where you are reaching out, following up and being very strategic and systematic about it, that's a big core thing that we teach our students. And then the last part of the process is K, know when to scale, meaning uh, a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in coaching, consulting, doing a book, doing a podcast, doing a course, doing a YouTube channel. All those things are well and good but you can't do them all at once. Like something's going to come first, something's going to come last. So you got to be really, really clear about how does speaking fit into the mix? So again, that's kind of like big picture framework there
0: uh, of what we teach and work with our students on. That, that, that's really, really useful. And I don't, I don't need to give you away your secret sauce, but just on the, um, on the video element of that, the show reel. And mm-hmm. um, for somebody who's not been on stage before, what, what kind of footage do you think it's best for them to try and capture, to create something that will land them their first gig?
1: Yeah, because it feels like a chicken egg situation, right? So I need bookings in order to get video footage and I need video footage in order to get bookings. So which comes first? So a couple of things I might recommend here. One is to remember that uh, when you're creating a demo video or a website, you're creating version 1.0. And so do the best that you have, uh, do it with excellence and improve as you go. What I mean by that is as of today, I've had probably seven or eight demo videos. Mm. And so each time I speak, Every year or so, I might get better footage. My talk is getting better. I'm more clear on who I'm speaking to and what problem I solve. I'm speaking maybe at better venues. And so I'm going to use that footage each time to update, not every single gig, but you know, every year or so, I'm going to find some better footage and better footage. So again, realize that everybody starts with version 1.0. If I showed you my version 1.0 demo video right now, it's not good at all. I was, literally, I was speaking to a group of it was about 30 teenagers at a, at a local church youth group. I borrowed like a a handy cam from a friend mm-hmm. of mine, set it up yeah. on the side of the room. It was dark. The audio was bad. The acoustics were bad. It was just like, it was not a great setup at all. But like, that's what I had. In fact, I, I even edited it myself using Windows Movie mm-hmm. Maker, which I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's still a thing. Yeah. So I spent $0 on it. But I again, I worked with what I had. So Absolutely. a couple of ideas if you're going, okay, I don't have any footage, but I want to get going here. What do I need to do? One is that you could find some type of local event that you could speak at for free with the sole purpose of, I'm just trying to get some footage. Uh, Another option, and this is going to sound weird, but this works well, is you could speak to an empty room. Now, if you're going to do this, do this in the type of setting where someone would actually hire you to speak, meaning nobody's hiring you to speak in your kitchen or your bathroom or your bedroom or anything like that. So you want to go to some type of boardroom, auditorium, theater Uh, classroom, some type of setting where someone would actually be hiring you to speak. And so uh, I'll give an example. Like I remember several years ago, I had a demo video and the entire video is me on stage and kind of like different cuts of, of my presentation and talk. But the entire time all you saw was me on stage. yet okay. there's never another person in, in the shot. And so sometimes I would show students that and say, hey, how many people were in the room?" and everybody would guess, you know a variety of different numbers. Well, actually there were 3,000 people in the room, but like it could have been 3,000 could have been three, could have been yeah. nobody. you had, you had yeah. no clue because Good you point. never saw anybody else in the in the shot. Yeah. And so realize like uh, again, you, you could do that just using an, an uh, in an empty room and
0: that that can be effective for a version 1.0 perfect that's really useful gonna answer a lot of people's questions I think um one question I have that I ask quite a lot of speakers who, who get paid to talk is it's that transition from getting booked as a speaker to actually getting booked as a paid speaker and sometimes that's an internal transition a mindset shift but sometimes it's things you have to do differently externally as well so I guess what what is that tipping point from getting booked as a speaker to actually getting booked as a paid keynote speaker
1: Yeah, I I think the the one thing to to be aware of is there's not like some magical... A prerequisite that you have to accomplish or achieve. And like, okay, now you've done, you know, 10 free talks. Therefore mm-hmm. now on the 11th one, you can start charging. Like yeah. it, it just doesn't work like that. And I'd also say there's actually, there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing a free gig, as long as big caveat here, you know why you're doing it. Meaning yeah. that sometimes there's that doing free gigs can get a, a bad rap. you're not a serious or professional or real speaker. If you're doing free gigs. No, absolutely. I would still today at this moment, do a free gig for mm. the right type of audience and for the the yep. right type of, of setting. So free gigs aren't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but again, to your question and to your point there, you there is a mental shift there that as a speaker, we are providing something of value. And so it's important that we, that we receive something of value in exchange. Now, sometimes that comes in the form of a paycheck, ideally, but again, there's other ways that, that an event planner or an audience can provide value to, to you, whether or not you got paid. Meaning like, for example, let's go back to, let's say you're a coach and you go speak at an event and you, they don't pay you to come speak at that. But let's say you pick up two or three or four clients from the audience Mm -hmm. that are worth maybe thousands of dollars. Like all of a sudden, like, that one event is worth perhaps, you know, $10,000 or more that yep. may maybe way more than what an event planner could have paid you in the first place. So you got paid from doing that event, but it looked a little bit different than yep. maybe what you assumed in your mind it was going to be. So again, there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can quote unquote, get paid to speak. Uh, but again, the important thing is to remember that you are providing something of value and it's okay and necessary for you to receive something of value in exchange
0: yeah that's a, it's a really good point and a lot of people just starting out as well it's and i get a lot of this from interview guests is that thing around value really think about who's sat in the room and what's that one piece of information or what's that thing that they can take away with them um from your talk that they can then utilize in their life and the more value you provide the more you can charge effectively is what i've been told from other speakers yeah yeah absolutely um so next question and quite a topical one we've we've just come off the back of a global pandemic which pretty much wiped out speaking and in in person so well i guess first of all how did you transition during that period and secondly has it changed the um i guess the environment in which speakers can operate in now
1: Yeah, it has dramatically changed things and actually for the better. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but hang with me. But COVID is one of the best possible things to happen to the speaking industry. And here's what I mean, is prior to the pandemic, virtual speaking wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. It was was something that a few speakers did, a few event planners did, but it wasn't anything that anybody really took seriously. Uh, And so then COVID hits and all live events shut down. Nothing happens. I, I know a lot of speakers who had uh, full calendars to nothing, just literally yeah. within a matter of a couple of days. It was a really scary time for the speaking industry, and so because uh, nothing existed in terms of in-person and gigs, then the only game in town was going to become virtual. And what we're seeing now, as we fast forward a couple of years, is as live events have come back, they're not coming back in replacement of virtual events, but they're coming back in addition to. And so what that means is, is now there's a whole new opportunity, a whole new uh, set of opportunities that exist with virtual virtual. virtual speaking, in addition to in-person and there's also a lot of hybrid opportunities that exist. So for example, uh, one thing we see a lot right now is you may go and do a keynote for an audience. Uh, and then for the next three months, maybe you do once a month or twice a month Zoom calls to help yes. implement and yes. apply what it is that you talked about in the keynote. And right. so what that means is it creates new opportunities and revenue opportunities for speakers that largely didn't previously exist. And because at this point, we're also accustomed to Zoom and accustomed to virtual speaking. It's something that event planners can wrap their minds around and can see the value of. And so we see that maybe before, let's say you, let's say if I go back several years, where I was doing 60, 70 gigs a year There's probably 60 or 70 standalone individual events and individual clients that I was working with. Whereas now maybe I'd only have to work with 10 or 15 and I could do more with them over an extended period of time between virtual and in-person. The other thing that's really good with virtual uh, that, that seems obvious, but, uh, is you don't have to get on a plane. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're traveling yeah. a lot, like it's just, it's, it's a grind. It's tiring. I'm, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. we got three yeah. daughters. I don't, I don't like being on the road all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you can do a gig and still be home and be able to, to make an impact beyond just you having to get, uh, on a plane and go somewhere, uh, that's really impactful as well. So again, uh, the pandemic was a, uh, was a bad thing in a lot of ways, but, uh hindsight at this point you know two and a half years later it's been a really good
0: thing for the speaking industry and and it's a great stepping stone for a lot of people we talk to have fears of public speaking but they really want to learn how to speak and by being able to speak in the comfort of your own bedroom potentially and in front of a, a live audience it could be that stepping stone as well to build up your confidence with your content before you actually go out and deliver it in front of a live audience so yeah loads of benefits for people true and so this has been so useful. I've personally got a lot of value out of it. and I know our audience will as well. And the last question from me is, where can people connect with you online if they want to either find out more about your training or in fact book you as a speaker?
1: Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts. We have a podcast by the same name, The Speaker Lab Podcast. We've got uh, nearly 400 episodes there. So there's a lot of free content that you can check out. We also got a a book called The Successful Speaker, five steps for booking gigs, getting paid and building your platform. So that speak framework, that S-P-E-A-K, we go through that way more in depth inside of the book. So definitely check that out as
0: well. Love it, Grant. And what I'll do is I'll add the links in the show notes to all of those as well so people can click on them and dive right in. So thank you again so much for your time today. really appreciate you coming along and sharing such great value with our audience. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it, man.